Hello, hello. This is Into the Roar Season 2 Finale, Episode 13. I am so excited to bring on our guest this evening, Miss Jessica McBride. Um, I don't even know. It's amazing. She is a, a mom, a, a wife, a, a, an ultra runner. And uh, during our pre-show, we just had so much opportunity to connect. Hey, Eric, what's going on, brother? And I'm just I'm so pumped to bring to bring uh, to bring her on to into the world this evening for our season finale. I'm going to invite a few of our friends from the community in. If this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Please feel free to share this to your timeline or to any groups that you think might get something from hearing this amazing story. Um, Jessica's story is incredible. And I'm just super honored and humbled to be able to share it with you this evening. So we are just going to jump in here in just two seconds. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, look at all these faces. So many great, great friends and community members. Just so excited to have you all here. Hey, Joanne, how are you? Mama Gibbs is in the house. Chris Saunders, what's going on, sis? Good to see you. Good to see you. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Wow, look at all these people. Welcome, hello. Hello, hello. All right. I am just about set. We're going to bring on our amazing guest this evening. Coming to you right here from Austin, Texas. Let me just go ahead. Hey, Tom, how are you? Hey, Tim. Good to see you. Welcome. And there she is. Gonna add to the line. Oh, I'm so excited about the show, you guys. So excited. What a way to kick off season two. Hi. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Hello, hello. Hello, you have, hello. You have, you have, you have your pieces? I don't. Oh. oh. Can I go No, we're just gonna, no, get, we're just gonna get reverb. I can, I, can I, can, I can hear myself. Okay. I might have some in my drop. <laughs> I can pull in, out my drop in bag. In your drop bag? In your drop bag. I can see some in my drop bin. You want to see? You want to see? Because if, if not, we'll I think we'll have. Yeah. Just give me one second. I'll be right back. Cool. Do I shut it off? What do I do? I'm a mother uh, again. Uh, just hit just just mute. Just hit mute. Oh, you might not, oh, you be, able might to, not be able to. Don't worry about it. I just put you down. Yeah, I'll drop yeah, you, I'll drop you, back you and bring you back then. Perfect. Thank you. I'll go back. I'll go back. All right, so we're going to get some headphones on so we don't get that feedback. But we are bringing to you Into the Roar, season finale, episode 13. Um, and I just can't think of a better guest to have on than Jessica McBride. Um, we're going to talk about community. Uh, we're going to talk about ultra running. We're going to talk about the ketogenic diet and her transformation. Um, we're going to get into a little bit about, hey, Will, how are you? little bit into how we hold um, love and anger in the same space or uh, maybe it's passion and shame um, we can't feel those emotions at the same time but we can um, but we can't experience them and hold them in the same space and so we're gonna talk about that um, we got so much great stuff to talk about we are not going to worry about uh, time tonight uh, we're going to let this go as long as it needs to go, and just honestly, super excited to have Jessica joining us. She's getting some headphones so that we don't get that feedback. 
Um, and then, uh, and then we're going to find out with keto diet. I was looking at my fast five questions. I don't think anything's going to be non keto related. You guys have been watching clearly I'm on a, a big hunger uh, issue. I've, I've been craving a lot of foods because my fast fives is constantly, Oh, here she is about food lately. And I'm not a sure. I'm not exactly sure what it's about, but all right, we're going to bring her back. We've got Jessica. I found her. Okay. Okay. Like, I know what I'm doing or something. Let's see how that is. I'm still getting a reverb. One sec. Oh, look at that. Isn't that crazy <laughs> how, how you have to have the headphones in or it goes all crazy on us? Of course, technology. You already know I'm not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, neither am I. Coach Luke's been here trying to get my radio studio set up for like a week. I think he's going to kill me. I get the wrong chords and I, I don't know what I'm doing. So, but I am so glad you're here. Thank you for ending season two with us. On it's Indoor. exciting. Thank you for yes, having me for the really end of season cool. two. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to take care of a couple quick things. Our unofficial okay. sponsor tonight is, and I don't know if you've all heard of it, called Spiz. It is an energy drink that uh, boosts performance and, and actually helps with recovery. What's crazy about it is it has a ton of sugar, but it's three different types of sugars, fast acting, medium acting, and then the slow acting. Um, our very own Chet the, Bl Chet the Jet Blanton is uh, one of their sponsors. He's one of their sponsors. He swears by it. He's a lot like me. He eats a lot of tacos. <laughs> and not a whole lot of vegetables, and uh, he swears it's been keeping him alive. So um, the Ultra 50 is coming up. I'll be connecting with Randy Ice, and uh, just uh, check them out at spiz, S-P-I-Z dot net. Of course, a huge thank you to um, Prevail Botanicals. I am just about out of uh, the first shipment I got from, from Brock Cannon, and I'm telling you, I, I'm a person that overtrains. Uh, my coach is constantly on me about – um, just doing the workout. I'm not great at that. And so, especially when I have a crummy one, cause then I want to try to make up for it by doing extra miles or more tire flips. And that really doesn't actually probably help me, but this stuff helps a lot. It's a topical, it's just like a, a sunscreen stick. You put it on, you rub it in. Amazing. I literally stepped off of my step coming to my house last night and I just stepped weird. And right at the the bend of my foot and my ankle on the front, it just sharp yeah. pain, rub some of that on. It still hurt, but I could, I could run my, my 13 miles today. So anyways, check out prevail. Um, I'll put them in the, in the notes below. Hey, Francisco. And, um, they have a great product. Um, also want to thank expat radio. Um, they have invited me to host the end of the roar show as a radio show every day. Um, we were supposed to start Monday, it could be any time this week, but it'll definitely be next Monday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, Central Standard Time. It's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon over there in England across the pond. And we'll be doing a lot of what we do here in the podcast every day. So uh, check that out, the Expat Radio app. Um, our friend Chris Saunders connected me. I had a chance to be a host, a guest on her show that she hosts, and um, it was absolutely a blast. I did radio many, many years ago, so it's kind of fun to go back to it. Um, so anyways, that's what we've got there. Uh, be real check in hashtag be real check in. Luke said it the other day. I, I don't know. I don't know how many people are doing it at this point. I think that's kind of the fun of it. Um, 
but uh, it's just a great way to, to what better way to end the stigma than to use social media to openly talk about our emotions, about our anger and our fear, about our worry, um, to celebrate our, our, our passion, our, our love, our joy. Uh, it's been really cool. So many have done the 30 and 30 check-in, um, 30 check-ins in 30 days. It doesn't have to stop. You can keep going. We'll keep affirming, and this community continues to grow. So uh, super humbled and honored for you all that have participated in that. And my hat is going crazy. Sorry. I'm not cutting oh, my hair until the expedition is complete. So this is the longest my hair has been in a really long time. That's okay. My hair is uh, grown before I am. Oh, look <laughs> at that. I don't think it'll ever get that long. But tonight our guest is the one and only Jessica McBride. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. In Canada, if I have that correct. Yep. You're right. West or, <laughs> west or east or central? West. We're in northern Alberta. So, so we're in Little Texas. Not much. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't that Little Texas? <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Well, before we jump in and hear about who you are, we always start with something I call the fast five. I'm going to give you five things. It's either or. You pick the one that most relates to you, right? I'm ready. All right. Uh, hockey or football? Hockey. Hockey. Canada, I had a on. feeling. I had a feeling. <laughs> um, bungee jump or cliff dive? Cliff dive. Cliff dive. I'm with you there. I don't know. Bungee jump seems scary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to not work and then I'd just rather just do the jump. Comedy or horror film? Horror. Horror? Ooh, horror. no. Yes. No. Yes. <gasps> they freaked me out. Blair. Um, oh, that's scary. No, no, no. No, no, no. All I right. Love chicken, that wings, eight. chicken wings or turkey leg? Because I know you're keto. That's hard, though, because the macros you're giving me there are not the same, Jeff. Nope, <laughs> I'm gonna they're say not. Turkey, I'm going to say turkey leg turkey from a pragmatic standpoint. And then the last one, because everything in my life is about chocolate, peanut butter, hogging nuts, ice cream, and, of course, tacos. Even though you don't eat the tortillas, Andrew Thomas had a, a great suggestion how to have a taco without a tortilla. Tacos or sushi? Oh, Jesus. I'm going to say tacos because sushi would be much more difficult to replicate. Cauliflower cannot be all things. Cauliflower cannot be all things and should not be all things. <laughs> no Let's chance. just be clear about that. That was Fast Five. Jessica McBride, thank you for being here. Tell, so tell uh, our audience and you know, those who may not know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and uh, your story a little bit. Uh, so I am to preface an extremely unextraordinary person. So everything that I am going to tell you about myself um, is not in any way outside the scope of being replicated by other people. Mm. Um, so I uh, am originally from Newfoundland, um, which is far east for everybody in America. <laughs> right. um, but we moved to Calgary when I was small and uh, I was raised by a single mother, and me and my sister were. and. Uh, that was fundamentally important to building who I am today um, because I was very fortunate to be raised by a uh, tribe of fierce and formidable women. Um, fierce so, and formidable women. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of went through school and I did very well in school um, and I did, you know, competitive debate because I like to talk a lot, if anyone ever noticed. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, I went to college and I met my husband shortly before I went to college. And, you know, we followed that script that people do, right, in middle America. And we got married and I finished college and I worked in the corporate scene, you know, and we had our kids. And we moved out to an oil town because that is the Albertan script. <laughs> is you moving to oil middle gas. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and so when we did that, um, you know, at that point, when I had our, our second daughter, our third daughter, you know, I was still under 25. And, uh, you know, at one point I got up very dangerously close to 300 pounds. Mm. And that was through a combination of, you know, several lifestyle factors. Um, my husband's oldest brother committed suicide in 2010. And uh, that was very difficult for him and his family. Um, and that had ripple effect, right? Because, you know, mental illness has ripple effect. Mm. And uh, then, you know, I had my oldest daughter and things were not quite right with me. And things have never been quite right with me. You know, I, I could never sleep. And, you know, there were a great many things that were strange about me. Yeah. And, um, you know, but I brushed it off for a very long time because, you know, that's what you want to do because there's shame surrounding mental illness. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I kind of went on in my life and with my oldest daughter, I got a little stranger. And by my second daughter, I was significantly stranger. And uh, at that point in time, I didn't When you say stranger, what do you mean by stranger? So I have obsessive compulsive disorder. That's what they ended up yeah. diagnosing me with at that time. And uh, so I, <laughs> when I'm in a really bad spot, I have checking behaviors you would not believe. Uh, so you'd love to live with me because you know, no one will ever be able to get in because I've locked the door about 15 times, um, you know? Um, and when Kate, my middle daughter, when she was a baby, I had um, a really obsessive propensity uh, with our stairs uh, where I could mm. not be around our stairs because I, anybody who's had uh, like really big issues with obsessive, obtrusive thoughts, right? Um, where you can't make it stop and you desperately want it to stop and you can't. Um, yeah. And whenever I was around those stairs, right? Uh, the image would just play of her falling out of my arms down the stairs, constant, mm. right? And it ruled my life. Yeah. And, but at the same time, right? The stigma of mental illness, I did not want anything to be wrong with me. And so I felt like if I did away with that part of myself, if I denied that part of myself, then it didn't exist, right? I'm very existential in my approach, apparently, to who I am. Right. Um, so, you know, I kind of tried to do away with that. And my coping strategy for a while there was to eat who I was. Mm. And uh, that didn't help, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, and so then after we had our third daughter, she was born August of 2015. And by the time we rolled around to January of 2016, um, I was very concerned that I was manifesting new checking behavior because I would not put away laundry in our closets anymore. And uh, it took me a long time to realize that the reason why I was no longer putting the laundry in our closets had nothing to do with uh, my OCD. It had to do with the fact that my closets are mirrored and I couldn't look at myself anymore. Um, uh, yeah. And that's a rough thing to realize, right? That you hate yourself so much that you refuse to function in your own life anymore. Was it was it that you hated yourself, or was there like body dysmorphia, or what? 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 Oh no! Uh, no. I the one beautiful thing is that I always was very uh, much a realist. I knew that I was a fat girl. 
Uh, you know, I didn't have, I had no illusions about that, right? Yeah. Um, I just didn't care for so long because you get mired down in all this other stuff, right? And then yeah. one day you turn around and you're like, well, how the hell did this become my life? Right. So, um, yeah, I, it was a strange thing, but I really did hate myself in that moment because mm. I have, you know, I have three little girls. And what was I teaching them? about you know what it is to one live a healthy life but what uh quality of life is yeah and when you were that person i'm going to show this photo for those of you who maybe didn't see it before that was when you didn't want to be around the mirror that's when you and sorry for yeah. the shadows that's the that's <sighs> february that's february 1st 2016. luke would be very upset with me because i'm not doing a very good job of angling it's hard. but it's hard but, I, I know that feeling because I, I also, um, I lost uh, over 70 pounds, um, mm -hmm. mostly through running and through quite a bit of dieting. Um, I tried every fad diet and then I ultimately went to Weight Watchers, which was calorie restrictions, good foods. You could eat as many as you want. Bad foods cost you a ton. Um, it was yeah. simple to use. It was an app. It was easy to follow. It was an accountability tool for me. But I think the running also helped a lot with my social anxiety disorder. I also have undiagnosed... Um, OCD tendencies. Um, I used to wash my hands in a public restroom seven times before I would leave the restroom, and my hands used yeah. to crack. I mean, they I used bleed, to literally, yeah. yeah, I mean, they used to just crack. Um, and I had never told that to anyone until I told my wife a few years ago. She always, yeah. always was like, What are you doing in there? I'm like, I'm just, you know, I was washing my hands, and I'd go to open the door, and I couldn't open the door. Yeah. So I'd wash my hands. And then I'd go, Well, oh, I threw my towel away. And so I'd wash my hands. Yeah. And um, I don't know about you, but like, it felt really hopeless at times. It does because it's the strangest thing, especially OCD, right? Is that it's a mental illness, but you have the logical mind to know that it makes no sense, but you can't really consciously do very much about it um, right. until you're like really actively working on your illness, right? Um, so, you know, you know, you know that it's crazy as hell to be afraid of stairs, but you can't do anything about the fact that your brain's going to react to it anyway, right? Right. Well, and, <laughs> so, and yeah. then you have, and then you have, you know, this, the stigmatization, right? So yeah. I don't know how many times I've heard friends say, oh, I'm so OCD about my kitchen or I'm so OCD about, and I'm just like, that's not OCD. That's, no, you want to be super organized. You, that's, it's, it's like this stereotyping of a, a chronic disorder and, and OCD like depression, like anxiety, social anxiety disorder, um, depressive disorder, PTSD, these are disorders. They're, they're not diseases. You can't cure them. There's no pill. There's no treatment. You have to manage it and, and find best practices or best ways. Sometimes it's medication. I'm a no medication person myself. Yeah. Um, it didn't work well for me. I, I used prescription medications way too much in a, yeah. in a negative way. Um, but um, it shows up, for me, it shows up as this there's this new kind of strategy. It's like de-diagnosing. Is it, and this is, we're going to pivot because I'm going to ask you a question. This is the question I told you I wasn't going to tell you. Oh, okay. But, but um, <laughs> well, you said no fly zone. We had nothing in the no I'm fly zone. No, I'm so, cool with yeah, it. I know. I'm ready. Oh, know. Let's go. But like, I wonder, like, I, I look back at, at the, the past traumas. So we all deal with traumas, big T's, little T's, and attachment traumas. Big traumas, you get in a near fatal car wreck, me. Um, yeah. You lose a grandparent or a parent or a close friend at a young age, me. 
Uh, then you have all these little T's, like you're running around the garage and you split your toe open, and the only thing you can remember is being yelled at, don't cry, stop crying, yeah. or a teacher giving you a hard time, or being bullied in school, and then you got attachment trauma, like the, the biological parent leaving you before you were age two, or those attachment traumas that lead to abandonment. Then you have people like me that have all three. I wonder how much that trauma, at least in my life, I've been able to look back at my trauma and see that the addiction and the depression was really just a byproduct of the trauma. Do you think it's the same with OCD? I definitely do. Um, and actually, my psychiatrist agrees with that, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the vast majority of mental illness is at least in part rooted in uh, in childhood experience, not to get all Freudian and, you know, I'm not going no. into like a psychosexual model here, but, right, uh, right. but no, I agree that, you know, the majority of things are at least in part rooted to our, like, I think our more formative stages, right? Um, I can trace back really easily uh, where like the initial large trauma that I would say would be associated with my OCD would be, right? And I think the majority of people who are, uh, willing to be cognizant of the fact that they are mentally ill. I think they do know that about themselves. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because like now that I'm thinking about traumas, now mm -hmm. that I'm acknowledging them, I'm not holding on to a lot of anger. I think that I was holding on to before. I'm definitely not holding on to that shame. Cause I think I held on to a lot of, I have enough shame. I don't need to hold on to anybody else's shame. Yeah. So to start acknowledging, and, and I've started, I'm working on a new tool for DDE, which is a, a trauma inventory. And I was just connecting with a close friend and, and he said, add triggers. Because if you can connect the trauma to the emotion, which causes the trigger for the outcome, the, the acting out, or mm -hmm. you might have some data here that can really impact change. And so, and I'm seeing a lot of correlations between when I do my check-in, I'll go back and look at my trauma list and I'll either remember a new trauma or I'll go, wow, these two are connected. Stubbing my toe and being told to stop crying ties to my feelings of not feeling enough, not feeling worse. Like, it's just really interesting. Yep. No, it is. I mean, it's interesting how, like, we relate things. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go to, we're going to pivot back to, so, okay, so you, you've had this, this diagnosis of OCD. You, you realized you didn't even want to, like, go and put away the laundry because there were mirrors. This was the, the changing point or the starting point of that transformation. So talk to us about that transformation. I, I'm familiar with the keto diet a little bit. I, I'm, I'm, as we talked about, there's a whole bunch of people like, oh, I'm hardcore yeah. keto or I'm hardcore yeah. intermittent fasting. But tell us a little bit about that transformation. Tell us about how keto came into your life and what it did for you. So uh, in February of 2016, uh, I went full bore into a ketogenic lifestyle. Now, I'd spent a month previous to that uh, researching uh, the most optimal way to pursue a ketogenic lifestyle, because while there are a great many variations on ketogenic living, there are very few that I would say are valid for fat loss and uh, furthermore valid for athletic performance. I'm not going to get into the whole ideations and all that stuff, but sure. uh, I, yeah, but I uh, started off with ketogenic dieters. 
which is a Facebook group that is uh, open. Anybody, anybody who's interested, it is, you know, an open, it, well, it's, you have to answer questions to get in, but we'll let you in. Um, we have 100,000 people. Uh, the information is free. We all, of, I admin there now. Um, and we are all there because we want to see people succeed and save themselves mm. within the context of their own life. And yeah. uh, so when I started And what there, is keto? What is so, keto? So give us... So, <laughs> so a standard ketogenic diet, which is what I would follow and what uh, our group would follow, um, is basically you're keeping your net carbs below 20 grams per day, right? So your net carbs is determined... <laughs> Calm down. There's no tacos there. <laughs> so you're taking your total carbs. I know. I'm sorry. You're taking your total carbs and you're subtracting your dietary fiber, right, from cruciferous vegetables. And that's your carb count. And then your protein macro in an optimal ketogenic diet is going to be titrated against your lean body mass. Um, you know, there are <laughs> some detractors in the ketosphere who will say that if you have a higher level of protein, that it's not a true ketogenic diet. And those people don't seem to understand um, a couple of things. <laughs> but right. uh, you, you need to have adequate protein, especially when you're on an aggressive uh, caloric deficit, because your body is going through essentially a state of catabolism, right? It wants to burn through all this different energy, but you can only oxidize so much fat within a day. So you need to basically, you know, double down against your lean mass, because if you lose your lean mass, you're in trouble because of all the muscles you have, your heart is also one of them, right? Right. So, yeah. And so, and the, so the, and people think that keto is actually, and you froze by the way, I don't know if it's on me or on you. <laughs> I know I can hear you, but I don't know if I'm anyone moving, else can hear us. And you're moving. I see us both. I don't know. Does anyone else see us moving? Somebody comment, <laughs> make sure we're still on. I, I see like the same comments. I'm making sure my internet didn't go crazy. I just got all this new internet installed. Nope. Internet's solid as a rock. Oh, Facebook, come on. Oh, no. Why do you have to Is be this way? <laughs> Maintenance. Uh, 